Welcome back to Take It to the Cross Talks. I'm your host, Natalie Solomon. I know it's been a while. I've kind of been struggling to balance this podcast with my life and school, but we are here now and that's all that matters. I've been actually struggling to find a topic for this episode. I wanted to talk about spiritual warfare at first, which is why I did a poll on the Instagram account. I wanted to talk about this because I feel like some people don't know what it is, and it's something that people go through, especially during this time of Lent, but I decided to change the topic last minute to trusting God, hence the name of today's episode, Trust God Bro. I got this episode's title from an Instagram account called Trust God Bro, real shocker, I know. And if you're not following it already, I highly recommend it because I really do love their daily posts and reminders. The reason why I switched the topic is because right now in my life, I am having a hard time trusting God and his plan for me. If I'm going to be completely honest, I feel like God has been throwing these unexpected curveballs in my life, and I'm just in full panic mode because if you know me, I love to be in control, and right now, I am nowhere near control of my life. I was listening to a podcast the other day by Sadie Robertson Huff, and she was explaining how whenever she gives a talk, it feels like skydiving. And when she was explaining the feeling, it made me realize Skydiving is a lot like having faith and trusting God's plan. And so she was explaining that the first thing that you do when you skydive is go out of the plane. And for the first 10 seconds, it feels absolutely crazy. You're just going all around because they haven't pulled any type of chute. So you're flipping and you're totally out of control. And within 10 seconds, they pull that first chute and immediately you catch the wind and you're still going fast. And then they pull the second chute after a minute or two and then you just float down. And that's really how trusting God feels like. The first minute or so, you're so nervous and you're like, God, if you don't come through, I'm going to fall on my face. And when they pull the chute, you feel like you can breathe because the chute is holding you up. God is holding you up. I know I'm not the only one who feels like they're skydiving when I'm not in control of my life. I believe there's a control freak inside all of us. We like knowing that our lives are headed in the right direction according to some type of plan, preferably the plan we come up with, and nothing's more satisfying than checking off those cute little boxes along the way as we complete certain goals or tasks based on the plan we made. But I'm going to give a reality check here and say, that isn't life. Life rarely goes according to plan, at least not according to our plan. It's usually one unexpected event after the next, one this wasn't supposed to happen God moment after another. There's this book that I read a while back during my senior year of high school. It was titled Whatever God, Rediscovering the One I Thought I Knew by Father Anthony Masih. I hope I didn't butcher that. And it's a 10 out of 10 book. I love how his writing style is very natural. It made the book such an easy read. And I bookmarked the part where he writes, 
It's easy to look at life and throw your hands up in the air and feel like it's completely out of control. But is it? Is the world really out of control? Or is it just out of your control? God is there the whole time. He never loses control. He is just there waiting for the right moment to act. This teaches us a valuable lesson when it comes to living in a relationship with God. God's silence does not equal God's absence. And I'm going to repeat that one more time because I love it so much. God's silence does not equal God's absence. Just because you can't hear God speaking doesn't mean he isn't speaking. Just because you can't see God working doesn't mean he isn't working. And just because you can't see anything happening doesn't mean that nothing's happening. A perfect example in the Bible that shows God's silence does not equal God's absence is when Jesus is sleeping on the boat while a storm is stirring and the disciples are all scared trying to wake him up. And here clearly like Jesus was silent because he was sleeping, but that didn't mean he wasn't there on the boat with them. And God may be silent to you, but he is not absent. He is never absent. And when you hear God's silence and feel his absence, trust his presence. And I get it. I know it's scary when your life feels out of control. It's scary when it feels like God is being silent. It's scary when it feels like he is not working for you in your life. But I think that's the beauty of faith, trusting that God has a plan for your life, regardless of the circumstances you are going through which is definitely easier said than done. But God doesn't just have a plan for us. He has a good plan for us. In Jeremiah 29, 11, yes, this verse is finally popping up in this podcast. It says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. I'm going to focus on the first part real quick. For I know the plans I have for you. What does that imply? You don't. You don't know the plans God has in store for you. So quit trying to figure your life out by making these detailed plans. Like in five years, I'm going to have this job, get married, have three kids. No, you aren't making the plans here. I'm also going to read Jeremiah 29, 12 through 13, because it's important and we need to go past Jeremiah 29, 11. It says, then you will call on me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. Seek me. Oof. We don't like the verse that's about him. We like the verse about his plan for us. We need to seek God. We need to learn to trust God's good plan for our lives instead of doubting Him. It makes no sense why we are doubting the creator of this universe's plan for our life. God's probably looking down on us, laughing when He sees us trying to check those boxes. He's probably saying, Do you think you will come up with a better plan than me, the creator? Who made you? Trust me, bro. Trust my plan for you, not yours. And I'm guilty of doing this, doubting God, thinking my plan is better. But when I start to panic and become afraid, I need to remind myself that I have an all-powerful, all-knowing God who is in control of my life. Like, why am I trying to be in control when 
I'm just a mere human. And not only that, I have to seek him. I have to seek God first. Because when I seek him, I am able to put my full trust in him. There's one person in the Bible who I have mad respect for when it comes to trusting God's plan. And it's Abraham. For those who really don't know his story, God made a special covenant with Abraham. God tells him, Yo, Abraham, do me a favor and look up at the sky. How many stars do you see? Abraham says, Uh, I'm gonna be real with you, God. I'm not really sure. There's just too many to count. God then proceeds to say, I am going to give you more children in your family than there are stars in the sky. And I can just imagine Abraham with his eyes wide open, so shocked to hear this from God. He probably thought to himself, like, what the heck did God just tell me? Look, like, I don't know if you know this God, but me and my wife Sarah over here are pretty old to have children. And God is out here thinking, just trust me, bro. So what did Abraham do? He trusted God. And 10 years later, God kept that promise. Abraham and Sarah had a son named Isaac. Abraham loved God with all of his heart, and he was so thankful for the blessings that God had given to him. However, God was about to put that love to the test. God says to Abraham, This year, when you bring me your sacrifice, instead of killing an animal and giving it to me, I want you to give me your only son, Isaac. Of course, Abraham is shocked. Again, I imagine him thinking, God, why are you telling me to kill Isaac? Also, I don't know if it occurred to you, but how are you going to make me a father of many nations if I kill my only son? But what did Abraham do? He trusted God. The next morning, Abraham got up early and gathered the supplies that he needed for the sacrifice. He rounded up Isaac, kissed Sarah goodbye, and journeyed up to the place where they usually did the sacrifice. When they reached the top, Isaac began helping his father build an altar out of stones while wondering what they were going to sacrifice. After they had finished placing the firewood on top of the altar, Abraham sat down with Isaac to explain what God was asking him to do. Can we pause here real quick? Imagine how Isaac is feeling hearing that God asked his father to sacrifice him. Like what was going through his head when Abraham was telling him all of this? But just like Abraham, Isaac trusted God. So he agreed to be sacrificed as Abraham reaches out the knife above Isaac with his hand shaking. I'm sure his palms are sweaty too. He hears a loud voice from heaven saying, Stop, I don't want you to kill Isaac. I want him to live. I now know that you love me because you were willing to sacrifice your only son. Oh my gosh, I just had a light bulb moment. This just foreshadows how much God really loves us because he sacrificed his only son to die for us on the cross in order to save us from sin. Wow. I want to do a podcast about God's love before Easter time, but I want my friend to come talk about it with me. Maybe I'll text her. Okay, back to the story. Abraham falls to his knees and thanks God, grateful that he does not have to lose his son. And while Abraham hugs Isaac, he sees a ram whose horns had gotten caught in some branches and they decide to sacrifice the ram instead. Despite such an eventful day, to say the least, 
Abraham learned a valuable lesson that day. He knew more than ever that he could trust God with everything. There's obviously so much more to Abraham's story, but this little snippet just shows how, number one, God knows the plans he has for you. Number two, there are plans to prosper you, not to harm you. And number three, all we need to do is seek him and trust him. And a question you need to ask yourself is, do you trust God even when you don't like the plan? Because here clearly, Abraham did not like God's plan for him, but he trusted him anyway, and he still seeked God. God wants to tell each and every one of us, just like he told Abraham, to still follow him when it's hard and to still trust his plan for us. Will you still love him? Will you still serve him? Will you still trust him when he leads you to places you didn't expect? I remember when I was applying for college, the one college that I'm in right now, I was so against. I didn't want to go there. I refused. Um, I didn't want to be near home. But like looking back at it, I'm so thankful God put me there because I've met so many good people, the professors. I just, I love it. I love my college. And it's just so funny because I like refused it in the beginning. And you know, God put me in a place I didn't expect, but I ended up loving it. And it just goes to show that God sees the bigger picture and we might try to fight and refuse his plan, but we will end up seeing how beautiful his plan is for us as it unravels day by day. Like we have to remind ourselves that we are only seeing the zoomed in picture of our lives and God has the full big picture. It's all zoomed out for him. And so because he has that bigger picture, like we just have to trust him. We have to lean on him and not on our own understandings because at the end of the day, like God knows what's best for us. And the beauty of it all is his plan for us is good. It's not bad. So we just have to keep trusting him. When things aren't going your way, keep on pushing. You're closer to everything you've desired and believed God for. He is able to do it for you. Hold fast to your faith and let God show you how to walk on water. Let him show you who is in charge. And again, I know it's so much easier said than done, but that's faith. Faith is believing God is for you. It is believing God is enough. So trust God, bro. Trust that he knows exactly what he's doing with your life. And I'm really trying not to be cliche by saying, just trust God. But if you really understood what it meant to fully surrender to God, to fully be like, okay, God, whatever your will is, I will follow. Like if you truly understand that, then you will be in so much peace with yourself and you wouldn't be worked up all the time trying to figure out what to do with your life and how you should do it. Okay, I think that's a wrap for today's episode. I hope you have a beautiful rest of your day. Peace.